The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 216th ever show of All Around Sports and our holiday edition for this weekend. And uh, every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour, discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIR Sports, one word, dot com. <clears throat> As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I attended. Also, we will be joined later by our weekly call in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, we'll start with my event of the week, which was on Wednesday at the Sports Business Journal's annual sports media and technology conference in New York City. It was sponsored by New Lion, and I caught up with CEO Chris Wagner, uh, executive vice president, who explained the coolest thing I saw there, which was the new 4K television technology. In a nutshell, the picture is basically four times better than HDTV, and frankly, I've never seen anything quite like it. It's crystal clear. You can literally make out perfectly the faces in the crowd uh, at a sports event in the background. And New Lion is working with companies like uh, LG TV, Univision. They were part of the NBA game in London recently that was broadcast in uh, 4K and was a raging success. So it was just really fascinating to uh, to see this. They had a couple of TVs there showing it throughout the conference, which was Wednesday and Thursday at the Crown Plaza in Times Square. And it was uh, literally uh, always had a crowd around the two big TVs showing this uh, 4K. And uh, really something to see. So, again put it in a nutshell to sum it up it's about four times better than hd tv which of course was a massive breakthrough not all that long ago but uh we now have 4k on the horizon and uh sports fans will be the winners 
as this new technology becomes more and more commonplace. And uh, New Lion is uh, is part of the core group, <clears throat> advancing it to someday bring it into our homes. And the whole conference was great with uh, all types of various uh, and interesting panels like high-level executive Hans Schroeder from the NFL and Ken Fuchs from Yahoo uh, conducting a case study <clears throat> to discuss the first ever successful live streaming of the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Bills in London. It was viewed by approximately 15 million people worldwide. And uh, so that was a great panel. And there was other panels on fantasy sports. Uh, hot topic these days, as we all know, wearable technology. Huge, huge, and getting bigger by the day. Uh, and that's things like, you know, tracking your steps, monitoring your heart rate. Uh, big, big deal. Also, as always, at Sports Business Journal, Sports Business Daily Conferences, they had high-profile speakers. They had uh, John Skipper from ESPN. They had Leslie Munez, Moonvez from CBS. So all in all, just a terrific conference. As always, I've attended a number of these, and uh, it's always a tremendous education, great networking, and uh, top-flight event. Beyond that, my highlight of the week was attending the Patriots' beatdown of the Dolphins last night, which basically brought new Dolphin coach Dan Campbell and his team uh, back to reality. Uh, as we all know, Dolphins recently fired Joe Philbin, and Dan Campbell took over, and as he said uh, when he took the job, he was going primate. In the last two games, the Dolphins played like that, so there was really a lot of excitement uh, for this game last night up here in New England. Um, the Dolphins all the, always play the Patriots tough, uh, and given you know Dan Campbell was the new coach, the, what they had done the past two games with him as their new coach, uh, we thought we were really in for uh, for a special game, but not to be the case. The only thing special, as always, was the Patriots and the way they played. Uh, everybody thought the Dolphins were really going to, you know, give them a game. It was going to be very, very physical. That the Dolphins would probably come out and uh, punch them in the mouth. Uh, none of that happened whatsoever. Uh, took the Patriots a while to pull away. It was, you know, a good game, you know, really into the third quarter, especially when the Dolphins opened up the scoring in the second half. But in the end, uh, you know, the Patriots got it right. They won 36-7. to And uh, we're just pulling away <clears throat> the longer the game went, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, last night was, you know... It's always about Tom Brady. Let's start there. But that aside, and that and his four touchdown passes aside, it was, uh, you know, really more about the defense last night. They completely contained and bottled up uh, Ryan Tannehill and the Dolphins' uh, offense in general. And, again, just really, uh, you know, pretty much were dominating by the end. My low light of the week was being in New York City <clears throat> when games one and two of the World Series were played. 
on Tuesday and Wednesday night. Uh, but unfortunately, the Mets were not able to win. Uh, the city had just great energy, you know, arriving in there on the day of game one of the World Series. It was special. It truly was. Uh, the streets were alive, as they say, and uh, everybody wearing their apparel, and I mean everybody, all over New York. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't think there's any better city in the United States to be in uh, when their team is in the World Series than New York City. So everybody had a little extra step uh, a little extra bounce in their step, and, you know, I think the game one going 14 innings, Mets losing, uh, you know, the way their closer, Familia there, gave up the tying home run in the ninth to Alex Gordon, uh, was just pretty crushing. Wouldn't give up on him yet. Uh, you know, game two, Johnny Cueto just really dominated, two-hitter, start to finish, but Tonight it's uh, Noah Syndergaard. It's back at City Field in New York, in Queens to be exact. Uh, the crowd should be great. Uh, not to mention tomorrow night's Halloween, Halloween weekend, as we all know. So uh, in New York City with the World Series, there's a lot to like there. So uh, as someone who lived in Boston when the Mets won games, uh, when the Red Sox, excuse me, won games one and two on the road in New York, the 1986 World Series, uh, you know, we all know how that turned out. So the fact that the Mets lost games one and two on the road, you know, is not necessarily the death knell. But we shall see, and I will be watching, and I'm sure most of you will too. My bizarre story of the week was uh, attending the Penn State-Maryland game at Raven Stadium in downtown Baltimore on Saturday. It was awesome. As many of you know, I uh, grew up in the shadow of Beaver Stadium, so that's where I've seen most all of my Penn State games. And, uh, you know, to see them play in Ravens Stadium, uh, you know, was kind of surreal. Um, great energy, uh, great game for starters. It was 31 30, and. Uh, was the final Penn State won. I was completely <clears throat> impressed by Baltimore Ravens Stadium. It was just terrific. And then, uh, you know, Penn State Nation turned out in force, obviously not very far down to Baltimore. And Maryland Nation was also there uh, in force. And uh, so it was great. Uh, it was a sellout, 68,000. Uh, at M&T Bank Stadium and, you know, had great seats right behind the Penn State bench. Got nice views of Christian Hackenberg, the Penn State quarterback, James Franklin patrolling the sidelines, Penn State head coach. <clears throat> and, you know, the fact it's downtown just really sets it apart. Nothing like a downtown stadium, be, be it the Superdome, whatever. Uh, you know, you walk out and you're just right there in the Inner Harbor. Uh, so it was great, and again, it was uh, bizarre in a good way, just so different uh, to watch it at an NFL stadium in the downtown of a big city, but yet you bring in all that college football energy, and it really made for just a terrific day, to say the least. So now, as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, 
It's time to take our break. Next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. How are you? Couldn't be better, thank you. I appreciate your calling in, as always, and... Uh, as you may have heard at the end of my first segment, I uh, had a great college football experience, a little different, a little unique. Uh, last Saturday, I went to the Penn State-Maryland game in at Ravens Stadium in downtown Baltimore, and uh, it was just a wonderful experience getting to see uh, Nittany Lion Nation uh, in, in the Inner Harbor was... Tremendous and uh, well represented, and and Maryland also very impressive as well. And you know, it was just a fun game. Thirty-one thirty was the final. Went down to the final possession. Uh, Maryland, with you know the coaching change and the new coach, they just seemed to you know approach the game with the you know uh, no holds barred and let's have fun. And they had this quarterback actually from outside Pittsburgh who was just running up and down the field and speed galore, but, you know, 
On the flip side, Christian Hackenberg, uh, a little up and down, but then he got it going and, uh, you know, was throwing the ball like the predicted uh, uh, top five pick or so that many people were saying. So it was great. My one takeaway, the size of Christian Hackenberg. We sat right beside, right behind the Penn State bench in like row 14 at the 45-yard line, and I spent, you know, three and a half hours just really getting an up-close and personal look at Christian Hackenberg. I was very impressed, number one, with his size, but his leadership skills and, and whatnot, and, you know, exhorting his teammates. So it was really, really a lot of fun. Big-time college football for sure. John, what did you think about his delivery and his, his, all the different throws he was able to make that day? What, what were your impressions? You know, I was impressed by the end of the day. And, again, he was a little spotty at points. Um, and really in the first half, it was more about the receivers making great plays on not-so-great passes. But by the end of the day and in the second half, uh, you know, when it really matters, uh, you know, he was he was slinging it big time. <clears throat> and... Uh, you know, laying the ball in there, and I think most importantly, you know, I was pretty impressed with his leadership skills, you know, the field general, as it were. He just, you know, it was a cra- crazy kind of game, you know, a lot of, you know, ups and downs, and, you know, he just, uh, you know, his demeanor was upbeat and positive throughout. He just kept, you know, no matter what was going on, he was, uh, you know, kept leading that offense out there and eventually led him to victory, you know, so he hung in there despite points where you didn't think Penn State would win. And then again, uh, Maryland played a great game. They were fun to watch and just a lot of speed and very, very up-tempo, some no-huddle. They were playing kind of like a team uh, that just had a coaching change and has nothing to lose, which is obviously exactly what's just happened to them. So so it was great. John, uh, uh, Penn State was coming off that tough loss to Ohio State, they probably beat them up, and then they had to go on the road again to Maryland, so I'm sure they were glad to just come out with a win, even though it was slight. Oh, they were very glad. No, you know, and obviously, you know, for the last few years, uh, given the scandal, what have you, you know, expectations have been tempered. Uh, It was for me the first time I've seen Penn State play in years since Obviously, uh, Joe Paterno was their coach, and, you know, so it was just fun to really mix with, uh, you know, a lot of Penn State fans from really all over, but many from Pennsylvania, I mean, just right over the border, generally speaking, from from Maryland, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, you're a Penn State fan, this is a great take, you know, drive a couple hours or whatever, and uh, there you are in the, you know, in the major American city with a spectacular, repeat, spectacular stadium. I could not have been more impressed. You know, and you're right in the Inner Harbor. The weather was nice. It just truly, again, just a gala weekend all around in Baltimore. Uh, just walking around, you know, Penn, like Friday night was great to arrive. Penn State jerseys everywhere. I mean everywhere. And, and of course... <laughs> That's because everybody was staying downtown in the Inner Harbor from Penn State because they had had to travel a bit versus, you know, Maryland, uh, but, you know, which wasn't necessarily there Friday night per se, but they were certainly there on Saturday. So it was really, but, you know, Friday night to just enter the city and, 
again, everywhere I turned, it was just people walking around in Penn State jerseys. So I certainly felt at home, AP. I got to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun city. I, I don't think I've been to the football experience here in Baltimore, but the baseball is right there at the Inner Harbor as well. And I, I, I love walking downtown in Baltimore there, getting around that water and that setting. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I can imagine, you know, teams come in who've never been there before. Maybe it's quite a surprise. Absolutely. And, you know, it's great to, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we just walked right by Camden Yards to get to M&T Bank Stadium. It's, they're right beside each other. And, you know, you can, you can smell the ocean air. And, uh, again, as we've discussed, be at the Superdome, whatever, uh, you know, I just love uh, a stadium in the downtown of a major city. It just makes everything so easy when you can walk to the game. And, uh, you know, the tailgating was just exceptional. We were fortunate enough to, you know, have pretty much a Penn State tailgate in a tent uh, less than 50 yards from the stadium. Like, so close that, you know, if you're at the tailgate you and you needed, needed to use the restroom, you literally went inside the stadium and then went in and out. So, I mean, I've never been so close to a stadium for a tailgate in my life, uh, thanks to, you know, the people I was with who were, uh, you know, Raven season ticket holders, so it was all set up beautifully and first class. But, you know, that stadium was just, there's something about the uh, the slope, for lack of a better word. Again, we're row 14 at the 45, and we were just, I felt like I could have talked to Christian Hackenberg, and he would have heard me. I mean, it was just, felt closer than a row 14 in any stadium had ever felt to me before in my life. No other way to say it. So I loved yeah, that it. Makes a difference. Yeah, that makes a difference, John, the, the slope of, of the seating. And I've seen it in basketball arenas as well. Someone really took the time to understand the fan's point of view and they calculated those measurements accordingly. Well, exactly right. You know, one of the more interesting things for me was, uh, you know, sitting right behind the Penn State sideline, and not something I get to do really all the time for any game, and just seeing, you know, all the stuff there, like, for instance, training tables and things like that, and just all the things, you know, that I don't necessarily think about, but given my perspective and my seat, I was able to just watch all the activity that occurs during a major college football game, and obviously an NFL game, with, you know... It's basically a small city, if you will, you know, completely self-sufficient on the sidelines with a whole lot of people supporting the team, running around, doing this, doing that. And, you know, what really jumped out at me for whatever reason was these, you know, like first class training tables, two of them on kind of either end of the field, you know, with the Nittany Lion logo and all that there and... (laughs) You know, medical personnel and just, again, just really a fun, fun opportunity to just look at things I don't always look at when I'm at a football game because I never have, you know, I rarely have that good of a perspective. So really, really an enjoyable experience and, uh, you know, so glad I did it. You're used to it. You're at Tuscaloosa and other venues often. So, you know, you're. Probably a little more used to it than me, although, you know, very often, obviously, you're in the press box. 
So, you know, but you know the up close and personal view too, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, John, and, and a, a funny thing happened. The, I think it's just this year, actually, the medical staff at Alabama and the engineering department, they came up with this collapsible tent that if a player gets injured, they can put this thing up within seconds and they can tend to the player right there on the field, on the sideline. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. We, someone got hurt a couple of games ago, and all of a sudden I, I looked down, there's this big tent, and it wasn't there before. And then they brought the player inside. It, it's per, you know personal, private, and and so the player feels comfortable. It was and it was done. Uh, uh, a group of students that was their project in the engineering department, and Coach Saban, of course, he loved the idea. But, you know, all these colleges, they're cutting edge in so many things. Correct. So then when the the player was done being treated, they, like, collapsed the tent, and that was that? That, Yeah, that was that, yeah. Wow, so just there to be used again. I'm sure that um, wouldn't be, you know, that sounds like that's going to be the next big thing. You know, it sounds like it was... An Alabama, it's an Alabama thing at the moment, but it sounds perfect, you know, just hearing that, which is not something I've heard before. It sounds like that would be very useful on the side, you know, on any sideline. Yeah, yeah, I think they're getting the, um, you know, the, the, you know, what do you call it when you get the um, copyright for it or whatever from the government. Right, the trademark, whatever, yep, yep. The trademark that we need to do, you know, but... But, John, I was going to ask you, since you're around all the Penn State people, are they happy with the direction of the program now? Do they feel confident that Coach Franklin, he's, he's the man to do some good things in the Big Ten? You know, they seem to be. They were, you know, as you said, coming off the Penn, the Ohio State loss. But, you know, the best way I can say it, and most importantly, having not been to a game in a number of years, expectations have been, you know, mightily tempered over the course of the last five or so years, as you could well expect. And uh, so, you know, that was for me kind of coming in from the outside, but with inside knowledge growing up down there in central Pennsylvania, uh, you know, it took a little getting used to because, you know, I was used to just, you know, you're going for the national championship every year and that's that. And, you know, it's, it's not that anymore. Trust me. Uh, but you know, uh, we all know what happened. So, you know, the return is slow. Uh, I, I think there's just a feeling, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, the reduced scholarships, everything that went on, the sanctions, all of it, you know, took their toll as you would well expect they would. And, you know, the effects are being seen on the field. Um, but there's optimism that, you know, uh, things will improve as time goes by, but you know, no sense of urgency and whatnot. Uh, as far as James Franklin goes, I think you know he's you know viewed more positively than negatively, but there's still a bit of a wait and see attitude. Was my my uh, takeaway? Uh, but certainly, you know, um, the opportunity is there for him to do good things and uh and you know everybody's just kind of waiting waiting and watching um but yeah so it was just uh you, you know fun to be around for me as you can well expect i mean i got uh you know a whole lot of uh 
Penn State football talk and met numerous people and uh, you know hardcore fans who follow the team around the country wherever they go and you know longtime season ticket holders and uh, you know uh, they're they're still very supportive of the program that's for darn sure no surprise there right no no they have a good program fine university and there's no reason why they can't have a Another great football team. They're in a top conference, and there's some you know, new teams emerging. I mean, Michigan State's come on the last bunch of years, right? And here's yep. Iowa undefeated, although they don't play some of the heavyweights in that conference. But it can be done. And you know, James Franklin's only been there a short time, so it all matters to how good your recruiting is and how many players you can get to convince to come to Penn State that it can be done again. Oh, and I'm glad you said that, because the real takeaway that I should have mentioned uh, far and away was that James Franklin's biggest strength, at least according to the fans, far and away is his recruiting, period. There was absolute, you know, uh, complete agreement across the board. Every single person I talked to, the minute James Franklin's name came up, the first words they said were recruiter. So that is, <laughs> yeah, that appears to be his, you know, among his top talents. And, uh, you know, that means a lot. So I found that pretty interesting. I'm so glad you said it uh, to remind me of that because that was a huge takeaway. Well, AP, lots more to talk about and catch up on in the world of college football and beyond. But, uh why don't we take our break from now, and we'll get to all the, uh, all the things going on on the other side of the break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. 
That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we talked about uh, me being at the Penn State-Maryland game in Baltimore, but I was not alone, of course, in being at a football game. You saw a very good one in Tuscaloosa with uh, Alabama beating off, te- uh, beating Tennessee, holding them off in what was a really, really terrific game. Yeah, John, that has been noted as the third Saturday in October, even it was the fourth this year, but that's been a tradition to play Tennessee in October. Tennessee was uh, had come off a big win. They had come from behind and beaten Georgia, and their quarterback, Joshua Dobbs, had a fantastic game. Uh, you know, a couple weekends before, they had an open date. He, I think was National Player of the Week. He threw over 300, rushed over 100, and at the time, I think it only happened three times in the last 20 years. I think it was Tebow and Manziel had those type of numbers. So Alabama had someone to fear on the other side. And uh, Tennessee gave Alabama a good battle, 7-7 seven, seven at halftime. Uh, Alabama went ahead uh, 13-7. Tennessee came back 14-13. And here it was getting towards the end of the fourth quarter, and Alabama had to make a drive. And if you're going to be an Alabama quarterback going for a championship at least one time during the season, you're going to have to make a fourth-quarter game-winning drive. And Jacob Coker had some terrific throws, a couple throws, one to Calvin Ridley and one to Darius Stewart. One was 29 to Stewart, and I think it was 15 on a fade to Ridley. And then Derrick Henry ran for the rest of the yard, 71-yard drive, and he scored his um, second touchdown of the day. Derrick Henry had 143 yards, so he's in good stead for the – to get himself a trip to New York, I believe, for the Heisman. And uh, Alabama had to make a big play at the end. Uh, Ryan Anderson, defensive end linebacker, got to Joshua Dobbs. The ball went in the air, and then Alabama's all-star defensive lineman, Ishan Robinson, it fell right into his hands, and he ran down to the, the nine-yard line. And, and Alabama ended the game there with three or four, I think it was three victory calls in a row. Where they just took, took a knee. So it was, it was quite exciting. Uh, Kicking game for Alabama. Jake Scott finally got back to booming the ball 40-plus yards, and Adam Griffin made a couple field goals. So there were some good things for Alabama. Um, Tennessee got to the quarterback five times, but Jacob Coker, he eluded the rush another handful of times and and made some plays. He was pretty efficient throwing the football, Uh, just one interception. So I think it was a good game for Alabama and, and that it was close. And the right. team now has some confidence that their quarterback can lead them down the field. And the receivers, uh, Darius Stewart was having a tough time this year, even though he was, I think, second in reception. He'd been dropping the ball. and But he was uh, spectacular uh, last Saturday, and he caught everything near him and made that big 29-yard acrobatic catch down the sideline that had to be reviewed. So overall, it was a good win to beat Tennessee, a rival game. And that uh, Jalen Hurd, big running back for Tennessee, about 6'3", 240, just like Derrick Henry. 
He's a hard charging running back. I wouldn't want to tackle him. He's very good. Yeah, well, I agree wholeheartedly with you that, uh, you know, you don't want your first game to be, you know, in the college football playoff semifinal or the SEC championship game or, you know, national championship game, obviously. Uh, so uh, it's good to get one, uh, get, you know, to get that test beforehand. And, uh, and, you know, all the better if it's at home against an SEC opponent, uh, rivalry, you know, a lot on the line. So I'm sure the crowd must have been great. Probably one of the better ones in recent years, I'm guessing, given the game. Oh, yeah. They always like to come out to see him play Tennessee. And it was a sellout crowd, over 101,000. It was an overcast day. The weather was nice. And uh, the, the game captain, honorary game captain, was Leroy Jordan. Really? Sure former former Dallas Cowboy linebacker, great. Uh, that, that's awesome. That, that'll get you inspired, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. It, it must have inspired uh, Reggie Ragland because he, he tackled anything that moved. Yeah, he's a player. Alabama. Yeah, <clears throat> very good game. I think he had 12 tackles, and he was going from sideline to sideline. And I mean making plays, not when it's way downfield. Either he's chasing people from behind and getting them. So he, he's pretty impressive. He, he's got All-American written all over him. Oh, no doubt about it. Well, AP, people in Alabama have to be pretty happy. Uh, Alabama is squarely now in the hunt for the Final Four in the college football playoff. Uh, you know, they're just right outside the bubble, if I'm not mistaken. What are they ranked these days? Yeah, they're in that 7-8 range. And, uh, you know, John, I was speaking to somebody after Saturday's game and looking across the country, I think an interesting scenario, if this happens, you, you get a team from the from the Big Ten that's undefeated, Ohio State, Michigan State. Uh, you know, Clemson is playing exceptionally well. Maybe they go undefeated. Uh, those back, I mean, the Big 12 teams, TCU, um you know, Baylor, are under, they're undefeated. I think Oklahoma State's still undefeated, if, I, if I'm right. You get one of those teams undefeated. Then you have Notre Dame that has to play Stanford. Those are one-loss teams. And which, whichever one wins, if that's the scenario, it is going to be some kind of decision. Absolutely. You know, the, <laughs> the committee will have their hands full again, as they will every year. Obviously, they did last year in year one. Uh, but yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, one of the, you know, if you're sitting there from the Alabama perspective, obviously a couple of these teams play each other. So, you know, you're guaranteed if you keep winning to move up a few spots to be right there for that number three or four spot. And, uh, so, you know, I, I think all college football fans are looking at what they see right now and absolutely saying Alabama has a, very strong chance of, you know, ending up in the Final Four, which would be great, as they did last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, be fantastic. I know, uh, of course, LSU's coming to town. They have Leonard Fournette. He's, he's a runaway train, and nobody's been able to contain him this year, particularly. And the strength of Alabama's team is that front seven, that defensive rotation uh, on the line has been fantastic, and they'll find out right away because... Les Miles, he'll he'll have a few trick plays, I'm sure, but 
he liked to line it up and test your manhood. So yeah. Alabama, it's you know that's a perfect, it's a perfect game for Alabama. And you're going to be at home and national audience uh, with CBS seven o'clock central. And and LSU has a good run defense. You know Alabama, they're they're really their offense, their identity is is giving the ball to Derrick Henry. So they're, they're going to be challenged as well. Yes, well, let's not forget, just a few short years ago, for an, a couple of years in a row, that was the game, the game of the century, as it were, that's held yearly, and uh, seems to be. And, wow. So, you know, I know they play every year, but I hadn't, hadn't really looked ahead or analyzed that they're going to meet again. Uh, that's going to be awesome. That could, that could be the game of this year when, you know, uh, when I think of uh, Derek, you know Derek Henry versus Leonard Fournette, and on and on, Les Miles, New, Nick Saban, uh, that's going to be great. So it's going to be a 7 p.m. start on CBS. Next that that next, next week, right? Next week, yeah, November seventh. That is, yeah, but that's a big build up. I mean, everybody's so excited in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be. I think you're going to have to have a pass just get in to get into town on Friday night. I agree, and no question about it. Just to get right inside the city limits, yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm, thank you. I'm, I'm circling my calendar as we speak. Yeah, I think uh, you know. Who knows? Maybe game day will be there, but there'll be so many people outside. John just want to enjoy the event itself. Oh, no question. Yeah, that no, that's it's special. I mean, you've been there. You've been in Baton Rouge. You've been in Tuscaloosa. You know. Right off the top of my head, I think of, you know, what are the best games or best series of games, shall we say, between two teams in the last five to eight years. I'd say LSU-Alabama. I mean, they obviously met in the national championship game. Alabama blew them out, but, you know, that was preceded uh, for a year or two by, you know, the regular season games of the year uh, when those two played. And uh, so, yeah, you know, here we go again. It's setting up nicely. Yeah, and of course, LSU's quarterback, he's going to be a key factor for, for them to win because if there's any way Alabama could stop Leonard uh, Fournette just to slow him down, that quarterback's going to have to make some plays. So, you know, they're going to, I'm sure they're going to test Alabama's quarterback, Jacob Coker, and stack the line for Derrick Henry, and Alabama will do the same. So it might come down to whose quarterback plays the best challenge. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of nice to see with Jacob Coker. You and I have spent a lot of airtime talking about him from the day he transferred over from Florida State. And, you know, it's been choppy uh, to finally get him, but he now seems to have a solid hold on the Crimson Tide quarterback position, correct? Yes, and, and his teammates really enjoy playing for him. And, yeah, Jacob's got a uh, command of the offense, and he. He's the one making some authoritative throws, and and he's been. I think he's shown the fans that he can run with the football. I mean, Jimbo Fisher. I'd interviewed him at the NFL draft some years ago in New York, and he told me the biggest surprise will be how well Jacob runs the football. Yep. Well, and there's nothing more he could have done to earn everybody's trust, including Nick Saban, than what he did last Saturday against Tennessee, which is obviously lead a game-winning drive at the end. So. Now that he's got that on his belt, maybe he's finally going to be the guy that, you know, 
everybody thought he would be when he was first coming out of Florida State. So it's going to be fun to watch, and we're going to know a lot more next Saturday night, right? Uh, yeah, we sure will, and uh, he's, a, he's a very likable uh, personality as well. Oh, good. That's nice to hear. Well, AP, hard to believe we're at our final break of the show. We still have a couple more things to, uh, to get to, but for now, let's take our break, and we'll get to that on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Bama Magazine. And before we get started, I want to say that my pick of the week for appointment viewing is watching the World Series from New York City. As I said, I was just there, just left, there for games one and two. It was awesome, and they weren't even at home. So uh, I'm sure the city is just going to be electric. Weather forecast is pretty good. It's Halloween weekend, and... uh, the World Series is in New York City, and they need to win, obviously, down 2-0. So it's going to be fun. We'll see what happens there. Uh, and AP, back to you and some more college football talk. Uh, what else are you watching these days in the world of college football? What's getting your attention? Well, John, you know, Baylor's a very good team. I had a chance to see them play earlier in the year, and no one was more impressive than their quarterback, Seth Russell, that uh, last Last week he was injured, uh, hurt his neck, broke a bone in his neck, and he's out for the season. And now Baylor, right in the middle of this uh, rigorous schedule that they have to play, they're going to be inserting a true freshman quarterback by the name of Jarrett Stedham. 
So it's going to be fascinating to see if, if that system can support a young quarterback and let him lead his team to victories because they're, they're right in the middle of playing uh, 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 the meat of their schedule, really. They haven't played that many good teams so far. I guess kind of the best team that they, they beat is maybe, oh, West Virginia, I guess. Um, and then they slaughtered them 62 to 38. So they, they've got to play uh, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State at TCU and Texas. And of course, Texas is getting better. So here's this young freshman with these, this fabulous wide receiver on the team, uh, setting all kinds of records. He, he has some excellent weapons, of course, but can he lead him to the, to the promised land? Yeah. And he has a great name to boot. He <laughs> sure does, John. Sure does. So I'm, I'm be watching him closely. I had a chance to visit with him. He, he's a very confident young man. He's about six three or so. And, and John, the first college pass he ever threw was against SMU on a Friday night. I was at the game in Dallas. That was a forty-plus yard touchdown. Wow. Well, he uh, and I remember that actually back early in the season. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be worth watching. I mean, Baylor, you know, they're still smarting like uh, their brethren at TCU over being left out of the national college football playoff last year, and uh, and of course Ohio State got that final spot. We all know what happened there, and uh, so yeah, I'm sure there's a little bit of Baylor, you know. Uh, just feeling a little bit, uh, you know, uh, like they're being hit with some bad luck, what have you, be it the selection process, be it their uh, terrific quarterback, Seth Russell, being injured. uh, And, you know, so there's a lot on the line for Baylor fans. They've been uh, knocking at the door for a few years now, back to the days of RG3. And... uh, you know, here they are again, but now they have to uh, depend on a freshman. So it's that's going to be an interesting story worth watching, to say the least. Yeah, John, just to give you an idea of his statistics and mop-up duty, he's 24 of 28 uh, for 231 yards, and he's thrown six touchdowns and 28 passes. No interceptions. Wow. Well, it's always fun to watch Baylor, and now we, uh, now we have a new angle with which to watch them. They always play in fun, exciting shootout games. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how, how this kid can do. So another thing that's going to be interesting to see, having just also spent some time this week in Philadelphia, uh, Temple hosting Notre Dame uh, at Lincoln Financial Field, where the Eagles play on Halloween night in downtown Philadelphia. Not quite downtown, but in the inner, in the city, shall we say, in the city limits. That's going to be awesome. There was already a lot of chatter about that game. The city's getting pumped, and, uh, you know, we're talking Temple here. So uh, we're also talking Notre Dame here. You and I cover the American Athletic Conference. We know Temple well. Uh, they, of course, started off their season by beating Penn State for the first time since uh, World War II. So, you know, they're having a dream season, and nothing would be a bigger dream come true than, of course, beating Notre Dame tomorrow night. <laughs> 
Uh, I think College Game Day is going to be there. First time ever from the city of Philadelphia. I think I heard that. Um, so that is just going to be really uh, some pretty st- potentially some pretty special stuff tomorrow night. Yeah, John, that, I think that's their best win, Penn State, and, and that was done at Lincoln Financial Field as well. So they they feel the, the force is with them, right? Absolutely. No, they feel like... Go ahead. No, I'll say, at that field, they, they feel the force is with them, especially at Lincoln Financial Field. No question. No question. Great stadium. I went to an Army-Navy game there a few years ago. Awesome. Drove right by it the other day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I watched them against East Carolina 10 days or so ago. They were down, and they had two, repeat, two blocked punts in the fourth quarter to win the game. So it was pretty magical. It was an away game down there in, in East Carolina, and, you know, See something like that, you know, where their undefeated season's in jeopardy, and you know, you're thinking, oh well, this, you know, this is it. East Carolina always a competitive team, um, but they pulled it out, kind of magical. And I just thought, all right, this team is for real. But tomorrow night, they really, really get to make their mark uh, if they win that game. To put it mildly, yeah, John. I mean, they, they're playing some games close to the vest, you know, beating UMass by a couple points. And, and as you said, that last game, a couple block punts. But I wouldn't want to be in a close match with them because they're not nervous. You're right. They're not. I, you know, their coach is great. Uh, you know, I loved all he said around the Penn State game, the narrative before and after. You know, he just nailed it perfectly. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, the ramifications for the American Athletic Conference, as I speak, College Football Live is at Independence Mall in downtown Philadelphia, where the Declaration of Independence is. So they're there live with a nice shot right now. But Temple, uh, again, the ram- the implications if they win that game and maybe go undefeated for the American Athletic Conference, which you and I both know and love, are gigantic, to put it mildly if they could somehow just be in the conversation because by merely by being undefeated. No, uh, the American Athletic Conference has some excellent wins this year. I mean, they're ma- really making a uh, rapid rise in the eyes of uh, people around the country. They've done very well in their non-conference schedule this year. <clears throat> yep, Memphis and Houston also in the top 25, so it's, been, it's, it's a big deal. Three American teams in the top 25 for the last number of weeks and uh you know, again winning some high profile games memphis with the big victory recently so yeah it's wonderful to see it really is uh so you know i hope it continues and it would sure would be interesting to see if it continues tomorrow night down in uh philadelphia to say the least yeah notre dame's offense john they've been on a roll uh the least amount of points they scored was, of course, at Clemson. That was a rainy night. But they've been scoring, you know, 62 and 34, 38, 41, 41 against USC and Texas and uh, uh, Navy and, you know, just Georgia Tech. So they, they played some teams and put big numbers up. So Temple's going to have their hands full if they can keep, it, keep the score low. Correct. No doubt about it. Um, 
Yeah, it's going to be great, to say the least. The other one that catches my eye is Florida playing Georgia in the annual uh, neutral game, as it were, in Jacksonville. Uh, it should be great, too. Um, you know, Georgia's been stumbling a bit lately. Florida also off to the fast start, but, you know, lost their quarterback. So, again, two teams worth following, but, you know, never been there, but I've heard lots of great things about the the game every year in Jacksonville, and it, it, it's a bucket list item. So I want to get down there one of these years. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Florida might have a slight edge this year since Georgia lost their best running back. But uh, it, it'll be a good game. It'll be a tight game, I believe, John. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it will. It's one of those, you know, it's a classic rivalry game. You really have just no idea what's going to happen. Uh, in, in a game like that, there's been times when it looked like it would be lopsided, but then it never is. So, yeah, <clears throat> again, it's going to be fun. And lastly, before we uh, call it a show, there's the first rankings from the College Football Playoff Committee. So looking forward to that on Tuesday night, I believe, right? Right, yeah, yeah I can't wait to see how the committee has these teams figured at this juncture in the season. It's going to be great. Way P, as always, thank you so much for calling in. Your perspective is wonderful. And uh, going to be another big weekend in, in college football, uh, as they all are these days. So thanks again. Enjoyed having you. My pleasure, John. Look forward to it. All right. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.